0: Let us pray. Father, we want to thank you for your awesome love for us. We thank you, oh God, that in eternity past, you had each of us on your mind. And Lord, you, you forged a plan that each person will walk in to fulfill your purpose, the purpose for which you give us life, physical life, the purpose for which you give us eternal life, that will fulfill that purpose. We thank you, Lord, that in the process you want to conform us to the image of Christ. We give you praise. Thank you for your awesome love. Thank you for your plan for our lives, your purposes for our lives. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we don't know the full scope, but we trust you that you who orchestrated our life's journey and you who have the plan, Lord, you will fulfill it in the name of Jesus. Bless your word. I pray, Lord, that you anoint my lips, that your people will not hear my voice, but they will hear your voice in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I miss my iPad. Now I got to go back to the olden days of writing notes on pieces of paper. I like that. That's okay. This morning, I want to talk to you about reasons to give thanks. Reasons to give thanks. This week on Thursday, we'll be celebrating Thanksgiving Day. Many all over this country will be gathering together with loved ones to eat some good food. I'm looking forward to it, to spend time with family, and to have some good old time. Some people will take the time at least once this year to give God thanks for his undeserved, unmerited blessings. They will take the time at least once to acknowledge that God has been good to them. And others will not even bother they will not even give consideration to the idea of giving God thanks. Who is he? What has he done for me that I have to take time to thank him? I don't want anything to do with that. For me, Thanksgiving Day is about eating. It's about surfeiting. Gluttony. <laughs> That's what it's about because... All we want to do is, and then we're going to watch some football. I think football is played, right? Yeah. And then there's soccer going on somewhere in the Middle East there. And that's what we're going to do. And that's how people see Thanksgiving, the day of Thanksgiving. But someone said, for us who are believers, Thanksgiving does not just come once a year, every day is a day of Thanksgiving. Every day for us who know the Lord, we ought to make this a way of life where we give God thanks. Yeah, always. In Psalm 92 verse 1, the psalmist says, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And Paul in 1 Thessalonians five eighteen said, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, or in Christ Jesus for you. Some long, long time ago, before we got the revelation of this word, We used to think, why would God want me to give thanks for everything, even the evil things? But that's not what this scripture is saying. This verse is saying, in the midst of whatever you're going through, you need to give thanks. This is God's will for you, that you give thanks in Everything. And when the word of God says everything, it means everything. Everything means everything. Whatsoever situation in which you find yourself, the good, the bad, the ugly, you are to give thanks. Thanks needs to be a way of life for the believer. It is the will of God, especially during the difficult and challenging times. And let's be honest, it's so easy to give thanks when everything is rosy. When you're having those mountaintop experiences and you can come to church and stand up and and testify and dance because everything was just so good. But when things are tough, When things are hard, and you cannot, like some people say, you cannot see your way clear. In the midst of that, God's will is that you give thanks. When it's most difficult, when the storm is raging, when you cannot make ends meet, the bills are before you, but you don't have the resources to take care of those bills. You've just lost your job. Your spouse walked out on you. Your children are playing the fool. In the midst of it, God says, it is my will for you to give thanks. You mean, Paul, did God really mean that? Yes, he did. And in order for us to truly give thanks, No matter what is happening in our lives, we have to call to remembrance all that the Lord has done for us in the past. If you're going to really give God thanks for whatever situation in which you find yourself presently, currently, you have to call to remembrance the things that God did in the past. How he delivered you. How he delivered you from judgment and from hell. How God delivered you from the bondages of sin and death. How God provided for you miraculously. How God healed your body. How he caused you to run through a troop and leap over a wall. You got to go back and rehearse. And say, if he did it then. Surely, surely, surely. And you know, calling to remembrance, those things, it's not for God's benefit, it's for your benefit. It is for you. God is God. He got everything worked out. And so you need to remind yourself of what he's done for you in the past. So that no matter what blows the enemy is sending your way, you can withstand the storm because you remembered what he did for you. How he brought you out with a mighty outstretched arm. You remember from whence he picked you up. When you were nobody. Now he has made you somebody. You are his child. You need to remember that. And in remembering, you will be able to give thanks in the midst of the storms. Now, I remember a passage in Psalm 124. When the enemy came against the children of Israel, the psalmist started to rehearse. And he said, had it not been for the Lord who was on our side, when men, wicked men, rose up against us, they would have swallowed us up. He called to remembrance those times when the waters rose up, when there was a flood, when trouble was like a flood, and how God brought them out of the flood he called to remembrance again the waters that were raging you know it's one thing to be in a flood it's another thing to be in a raging swift flowing water or flood because those floods they pick up houses the very foundation of houses they pick up trees everything that is in its path the the flood the rushing waters will carry everything that is in, in its path. And sometimes you're going through challenges in life. Sometimes you're going through troubles. You feel sometimes you're in the midst of a flood. Or you feel like a quicksand. I've never been a quicksand, but I heard that once you enter a quicksand, you cannot get up. And you keep thinking, you know that this thing is going to slough the life out of you. You are alive and you know you are about to die. Sometimes before the pandemic, I took my little self and I said I was going to learn to swim. Right here at the Aquatic Center. And you know when people know how to do something, they think, ah, you too, you should know. I don't know how to swim. And my instructor said, just lay on your back and just float. <laughs> I mean, he was he's taller, of course, bigger. And he could float. And I said to myself, well, if he can float, I can float too. <laughs> so I tried. You no, know, before I was holding onto the sides of the pool. But on this day I said, okay, I'm gonna float. If he can float, I can float. He's he's bigger than I am. And I I tried. I went on my back. My God, I started to sink. And the pool, I was at the four feet. Not even... (laughs) Man, I thought I was dying. Water was in my ears, water in my nose, water in my mouth. And I came up for air. I was like, oh, somebody help me. (laughs) And he's looking at me like, why couldn't you float? I mean, the things I had in my head, I could not say to And I thought to myself, what a terrible way to die from drowning. Really, I thought I was dying. I had no life in me. When finally, I was able to wade out of that pool, I got to the edge of the pool, I did nothing else. I sat there till the class was over and I... (laughs) Sometimes you feel that way when you're going through trouble. It's like trouble enters your ear, trouble enters your mouth, trouble enters your nose, just like that swimming pool experience I had. And you feel that life has been snuffed out of you. In the midst of that, God said, give thanks. Should I should remember that day and giving thanks? <laughs> there are my- myriads of reasons to give thanks. So many reasons to give thanks. But this morning, I want to share with you four reasons to give thanks when we give thanks we are acknowledging that we have nothing that we did not receive you can only give thanks when you receive something from someone a service a a, a favor a gift or whatever so when we give thanks to God, we are acknowledging that, Lord, nothing we have, we did not receive. 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. There's nothing you have that you did not receive. And so when you begin to make this acknowledgement... You receive help to cultivate the spirit of humility. There's no place for boasting where you know you didn't do it by yourself. Some of you have jobs and have positions that you did not qualify for. You find yourselves in a position, you say, how did I get here? You got scholarships, that you did not qualify for, and you know you didn't qualify. Favor, open doors, and you're walking through those doors with a bad attitude, yet you know you did not qualify. And the only reason why you're there is because of God's grace, is because of God's goodness to you. That's why you are there. There were other applicants who interviewed, they were better than you. But because of favor, somebody said favor is not fair. Favor. You got that job. You got that position. So we have re- we have nothing. We have received nothing that we have nothing that we did not receive. All your successes. All that you have acquired, all your possessions, everything you are, you are, you have, because God gave it to you. So having an attitude of gratitude will teach you humility. You can acknowledge, Lord, when I look at my life and I see where I came from. You favored me, Lord. You gave grace, Lord. I'm here today because of you. Second reason to have an attitude of gratitude. It will change your perspective on life and the things that happen to you in life. In the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of the difficulties, when you can lift up your voice and say, Lord, I don't understand what is happening to me. I give you thanks because you are the only wise God. My life is in your hands and you are working out your purposes. Though I cannot see it, Lord, you are God. You are on the throne of my life. And in the midst of this, I give you thanks. I'm reminded of the story of Joseph. Joseph was minding his own business. And God gave him a revelation. God gave him a dream. And Joseph had no sense but to share prematurely with his siblings. And you know, they got jealous. And they said, oh, this dreamer, he thinks we are going to bow to him. But we're teaching him a lesson. And so they sold Joseph. They put him in a pit and then they sold him. And then Potiphar purchased him, took him to his house. Just when you know that's how life is. Just when you sing like me in a pool coming up for, for some air, a, another wave just watches over you. And so Joseph found himself in prison. And then God ministered to him, to the butler, to the baker, and he shared with them. And he was hoping that they would be the ones to set him free. And it did not happen. The butler forgot. But God. But God. People may forget the good that you've done to them, the favor you've done to them, how you have helped them. People may forget, but God will not forget you. He knows your address, He knows your email address, <laughs> and He knows how to find you. And this is what Joseph said to his siblings. When finally they discovered who he was, when they came to Egypt to buy grain and he put them through all of those things. But God had already worked in Joseph's heart. The word does not specifically say that Joseph gave God praise. But we know that he was a man of God and surely at some point, even though he did not understand everything that was happening to him, but he rehearsed. He said, I was in my father's house, a favorite child, and then I got sold. And God preserved my life in the pit. God preserved my life and my reputation in the house of Potiphar. God preserved my life and used me in prison. God raised me a foreigner in a strange land. He raised me up to become prime minister. Joseph rehearsed those things. And he realized that in the midst of all that happened, he could say to his siblings, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Talk about having a perspective when you're going through challenges. Recently, I was sharing with someone, in fact, yesterday, and... But my heart bled. I cried when she told me all that she's been going through all these years. And she said, Pastor Chris, I have prayed every prayer I know how to pray. And she said, every morning I wake up and I say, and I say to myself, this is my day. And then the day comes and passes and I'm still in the same position. The next day again, I say, this is my day. And I said, sis, from henceforth, you got somebody in agreement with you. Every morning that I wake up, I will say, Lord, this is sister so-and-so's day. And we'll continue to declare that until the full manifestation of her healing. Talking about changing your perspective in the midst of trouble. The word of God says to us, submit to God and then resist the devil. But you know how we like, we reverse it. We resist the devil. We kick the devil. We do all the karate and then we come back. We come right back to it. Submit to God. And one way to submit to God is to give him thanks. Lord, I don't get it. I don't understand all of all that is happening around me. But I remember what you did yesterday. I don't see anything on the horizon. But Lord, I'm gonna keep looking. And finally, I will see a fist, a, 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 a cloud, like a fist. And I know that cloud is full of rain. Rain's a blessing that will come upon me, that will come upon the land. Perspective, change because of gratitude. I heard a story of a man called uh, Matthew Henry, a well-known Bible scholar who was robbed of his wallet. I think at gunpoint, I'm not sure. But this is what he wrote in his diary, and I want to read it because for me it's so profound. This was what Matthew Henry said. Let me be thankful. First, because he, the robber, he never robbed me before. Second, because although he took my wallet, he did not take my life. We're talking about having a perspective. When you're going through tough times. He took my wallet. He did not take my life. Third, because although he took all I possessed, it was not much. Maybe he had $2. He took everything I possessed, but it was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, and not I who robbed. Wow. Wow. I am thankful, Lord, that I was robbed, and not I who robbed. You know what I would have been doing? Cursing that robber, calling the police on him, But that was not Matthew Henry's attitude in the midst of what he went through. And you know it can be scary somebody walks up to you and says, give me your wallet, give me your purse. But he could see in the midst of that God's sovereignty, God's hand upon his life. And he could thank God that even though he took my wallet, he didn't take my life. Third reason, to have an attitude of gratitude. Giving God thanks in the midst of challenges will create contentment in your soul. We are often ungrateful for the little things we have. We call them little things we have. And we look around us and we try to compare with somebody else. How come I got little and the person got so much? How come I'm driving a Toyota and the person is driving a Mercedes? How come I'm still in a rental property when that person has a house? I mean, that's how petty we become. And then we we become discontented. We lose our joy. We lose our peace. But the truth is, if as long as you live on planet Earth, there will always be somebody who is better off than you. There will always be somebody who is more intelligent. There will be somebody who is more gifted. There will be somebody who is more beautiful. There will be somebody who is more handsome. The petty things. We give ourselves to. And so we lose our joy. We cannot celebrate anymore because I got little. And this person got all of this. Giving God thanks for the little things that you have will cause you to be content. I believe it was Paul who said, and I'm paraphrasing All we need for life, all we need to live is a place to sleep, food to eat, and some clothes on our backs. That's what we need to live. Don't get all twisted. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have that. What about what you have? Are you grateful? Are you thankful? And you know, from my experience of being around on earth for a while now, while you are envying somebody else, somebody is envying you. Somebody wish they had. That husband that you don't want, somebody wish they had that guy. That wife that you talk about, oh, she is this. Somebody wish, oh, my God, I wish I had. So, why are you looking at somebody else's stuff? Somebody is looking at your stuff. And we said, that is life. So, let's learn to give thanks. When we have little, Paul said, I've I found myself to be content. Whether I have much, whether I have little, I'll, I am content. We need to get to that place, people of God, where we can give God thanks for the little things. Someone said, um, you're you, you disturbed, you're depressed because you don't have shoes. But look at somebody who got no feet. The story is told of two men. They were so poor, they lived on the outskirts of the town, the village, near a river. One of them was so poor, he was totally naked. And the other one just had a loincloth. The one with the loincloth would complain. Oh, I mean, I wish I had clothes. I wish I had clothes. I would have gone to the city. I could go to the city, get me a job. And so the one with nothing will always encourage him. And so one day, the one who had no clothes observed that his friend was walking towards the river. And he got in the water, he started to wade in the water. And he said, Pal, pal, friend, what are you doing? He said, I'm tired with life, and I'm going to drown myself. And the naked guy said, wait a minute. Before you drown yourself, can I have your loincloth? Because the things that I would do. (laughs) The things that I would do if I had your loincloth. People, let's give thanks. When you are naked, give thanks. When you have a loincloth, give thanks. Whatever you find yourself in, give thanks to the Lord. And I'm concluding. I think I saw that card go up. The story of the ten lepers in Luke 17, 11 to 19. The Bible tells us there were ten lepers who could not be in society because leprosy was a heinous disease. I mean, all your parts falling off, and so these people were banished. They could not come to the city. They had to be outside of the city. And when they're approaching, they have to say, leper, 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 so people would get out of their way. Can you imagine the stigma You can't come and mix with your family, your children, your wife. You are banished forever outside the city. And one day they saw Jesus coming. I'm sure they had heard about Jesus. And they said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon us. Heal us. And Jesus, full of compassion, healed them. But this was what he said to them. He said, go and show yourselves To the priest, go to the temple. And the ten of them going, because it was that instantaneous as they were going. But one of them turned around. He said, I can't just leave. I need to go back to say thank you. And this is what the word says that all ten were healed. But this one who came to say thank you, he was made whole. That healing is physical, that healing, but wholeness has to do with your total being. You are whole, you are made whole. And this is what gratitude will do for you. God loves a grateful heart. We who are parents, we know that our kids who are grateful, you do a lot more for them. It's not because you play playing favoritism. No, they just win your heart because they're so grateful. When I was growing up in our home, whenever you received anything, even if it was peanuts, you had to say thank you. And then the next day, you will say, thank you, Mom, for yesterday. And then the following day, you will say, Mom, thank you for the day before yesterday. And that taught us to be grateful. Nobody owes you anything. And so when you say thank you, you win their hearts over. And it's easy for them to bless you. And it's easy for God to open up the windows of heaven and bless you if you are grateful. I want to encourage you this Thanksgiving day. Even though I said to you we need to be grateful every day of the year. But in a special way, recall all that the Lord has done for you. And before you stick that fork into that chicken, into that you know, fork, uh, spoon, into the fufu, and all of that, stop and give thanks. And say, Lord, I'm so grateful. The fact that I'm alive. COVID came. COVID is almost over, and I'm here. COVID did not take me out. That's a reason to be grateful. There's a recession. I have a job. My needs are provided. Lord, I have every reason to say thank you. Let me tell on myself, for some time now, I've been praying about a situation. I've given testimony, yeah, the Lord, and then I'm back to square one. And my heart started to fail. And I was like, Lord, you know, I don't know sometimes why God operates that way. And I said to God, I said, Lord, if I were you, long time I would, have, <laughs> I would have taken care. Don't tell me I'm the only one who says that to the Lord. Yeah, I said, Lord, if I, Lord, let's just, just change places for a second and watch me do this miracle. So, <laughs> I don't know why it's taking God all this time. But you know, it dawned on me recently that God is building my character. God is building my character. God is building my faith for big things that I had. I'm reminded of the story of... of as, um. Ah, the guy who killed Goliath. There we go. I was just trying you to see if you knew the story. David. When David stood before Saul, he started to rehearse. Yes, this, this situation, Goliath was big. And David was but a child. And David said, King Saul, when a bear came to take my sheep, I slew the bear. And then you know God has a well, okay, we're done with the bear. Now it's the lion. And the lion came and I slew the lion. And this all uncircumcised Philistine. I am able, you know why David could boast? Because God prepared him when he killed the bear. God was preparing him when he killed the lion. And now he has the opportunity to kill Goliath. David did not know Goliath was in his future. So these 17 years, I've been praying. And I believe at some point, God allowed me, God in me, Jesus in me, the Holy Spirit in me, allowed me to kill the bear. Okay, I think I'm at the lion stage now. I'm at the lion stage. He's building my character, He's strengthening my faith, He's encouraging me because there's a Goliath in my future. All of us guys go liars at some point in our lives. And so God is taking, he's not interested in just blessing me. And you know what God does? While you are going through, he ministers to you. He gives you a break from time to time. He says, sit and take a sip of water. Sit and rest a while and then get back into the fight. And so he's preparing you. So it dawned on me that this is what God is doing. And I said, Lord, foolish me that I would even want to exchange places with you. My little world, I can't handle. I'm going to handle the whole world telling God if I were you. But he who sits in the heavens laughs because he knows what he's doing. Church, be encouraged. Wherever you find yourself, somebody said, in you know, a congregation like this, you got people coming out of trouble, people in trouble, people about to, to enter. Wherever you find yourself, give thanks. Your victory cry is thank you, Lord. That's your victory cry. Lord, I'm thanking you in advance. For what I cannot see. I'm thanking you because I know this matter is in your hands. Lord, I'm thanking you because I'm covered. Father, I thank you for your wisdom. Lord, your ways. Your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You see what we cannot see. You see the scope, Lord, and you are working in the midst. When we cannot see, you are at work. When we cannot feel anything, you are at work. You are never still, oh God, and you are working out your purposes in our lives. Lord, I pray for my brothers. I pray for my sisters. Whatever they may be going through at this time, Lord, may they lift up their hands and begin to give you thanks and begin to give you praise because this is your will that as we praise, as we thank you, Lord, we are sounding a victory cry and you are bringing us out. And I thank you, Lord, that you are bringing us out With a mighty outstretched hand. You are bringing us out Lord. You didn't teach us to swim so that we can drown. You didn't build your home in us so you can move away. You didn't lift us up so you can let us down. Lord you are at work. And because you are victorious. We too are victorious. Lord I pray for someone. Who is hurting this morning lord you have heard them your ears are not deaf lord you have heard but you are working out your purposes lord minister to them through this word may they know that you have not forgotten them may they know that they are the apple of your eye and you love them with an everlasting love And your hands are under them. Your wings like an eagle spread out under them. And they will not fall. They will not fall. They will not fall. Lord, minister to that person this morning that they will not fall. Because under them are your everlasting hands. Your hand carrying them. Your wings causing them to soar above the storm. Lord, and while they are doing that, you are building character. You are building character. You are building stamina. You are building courage. You are building faith in them. Lord, minister to that one this morning, I pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want to pray for you in here, or online listening, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never asked him to come into your heart. He can't fight for you if he's not, if you are not in his camp. But this morning you've heard the word, and you want to surrender your heart to Jesus. I want to lead you in a simple prayer. Make this your prayer. Dear Jesus, I've heard of your love this morning and how you love me. And even though I'm in sin, yet you are watching over your purposes in my life. Lord, this morning, I surrender my heart to you. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner, but I've come to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I believe he died for me. I believe he rose for me. I believe he's coming back again. Thank you, O Lord, for receiving me into your family. I confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I give you thanks in the name of Jesus. If you pray that prayer, I want to be the first to say, welcome to the family of God. Welcome. And you go on growing, you go on praising the Lord and watch what the Lord will do with you and through you for his glory. In Jesus' name.